Hey everybody, welcome to episode 51 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and I really want to thank you guys for tuning in this week um, for our 51st episode. Um, I'm excited as this podcast continues to grow, and I just want to thank you as the guests for continuing to tune in, uh, sharing the podcast, leaving reviews, uh, all that stuff really helps. Um, Have some increased engagement on social media. Have received uh, some emails from you guys just giving feedback and uh, you know those types of things so all of that is super helpful and I'd encourage you to continue to do it you can email me at juniorgolfkeys at gmail.com uh, you can follow us on social media at juniorgolfkeys um, and you know if you guys would if you haven't had a chance yet you've been listening for a while or maybe you only listened to a couple episodes uh, it doesn't really matter I'd just love to get your guys feedback on what you're hearing and what you're listening to. Um, so if you could head over to your podcast platform, uh, leave a review, leave some comments. I would really love to understand what you like, what you don't like, uh, where we can continue to take this show. So um, we've definitely got a good breadth of reach uh, with the show. We're just looking to deepen into some of these uh, countries and states in the U.S. And uh, continue to bring you guys more value so that you can navigate your junior golf journey. So thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, Our guest this week, Herman Sekny, is from Oslo, Norway. Uh, Herman just graduated from IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Um, He is set to play his college golf at Purdue University. Um, Just kind of given the current state of the environment with everything going on in the university space right now in the U.S., Uh, with coronavirus he's actually pushed his enrollment date back to january so it was supposed to start this fall uh, but is going to come back over to the u.s and get started in january at purdue university so he's excited about that Uh, i'm excited for him Uh, he's had a really nice junior career he's a member of the team norway uh, national national team Uh, team was national junior champions uh, four years running now 2017 18 19 and 20. Um, Herman's had some really good international playing experience Uh, he's also over the past couple years gotten some really good experience competing in the U.S. Um, he's had some really nice finishes internationally including the Portuguese International Amateur Championship where he finished uh, sixth as well as the English Boys Amateur where he finished third um was also a participant in the European Boys Team Championship. So uh, has had a lot of really good success. And I think you guys are really going to take a lot of value from his story, particularly you listeners that are tuning in that are international players uh, that maybe have some questions around the process to uh, getting to an American university and what that looks like. Uh, Herman's definitely going to take us through his journey and talk to us about um, you know what it was like to become a member of the national team, um, how do you do that? You know what that experience has been like for him so far. Uh, what his recruiting process was like, and how he got plugged into Purdue. Um, we're going to talk about just his practice and playing habits, like I've done with some of the other you know high-level junior players that I've had on here. I think it's a really good idea to get you know a full scope of what some of these elite players are doing 
um, to just further their game and kind of what their cadence looks like on a day-to-day basis with practicing and playing and, you know, where they're spending their time. So uh, Herman's going to take us through that with his journey. And I think you guys are going to really take a lot of value from this episode. So I enjoyed talking to Herman. I appreciate him for his time and, uh, you know, sharing some of that value with you guys. So definitely want to get into that interview. But before we do, I want to tell you about my partner, Golf Kicks. Golf Kicks has changed the game when it comes to golf shoes. Um, for all you sneakerheads out there that have some, you know, fashionable kicks off the golf course, you now have an opportunity to take those and convert them into uh, functionable, fashionable golf shoes on the course. So Golf Kicks has developed a aftermarket spike that you can put into virtually any tennis shoe uh, with a decent rubber sole and allows you to bring your you know, flavor uh, and functionality to the golf course. So I think you guys are really gonna like this product. I love Golf Kicks. I've got a pair of them. Um, really, really good for the course. Um, like I said, it gives me the comfort of a regular sneaker, but also gives me the functionality of a golf shoe. So they've won some innovation awards on Golf Digest, my golf spy and they also closed the deal with mark cuban on shark tank so they're definitely the real real deal um, and they're willing to give you guys 20 percent off your orders so if you head over to golfkicks.com and you use the code jgk20 like junior golf keys jgk20 you can get 20 percent off your golf kicks order today now let's get back to the show All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys. Uh, this week with me, I'm joined by Herman Sekny, who is actually going into uh, the fall semester at Purdue, but he's decided to get a January start instead of uh, heading to Purdue this fall. He's actually back in his hometown of Oslo, Norway, and I've got Herman on the line with me today. Herman, what's happening? Um, good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, you've decided to kind of pause your enrollment for Purdue University and uh, waiting to uh, enroll or I guess get started in January. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good deal. Um, well, I appreciate you doing this, man. I think that, um, you know, you've, you've got some unique components of your story that we can share with the group that uh, are going to help them in their journeys, especially some of our international students that are trying to you know, figure out the best path for them. So I'm excited to talk to you about your journey. Yeah, hopefully some junior golfers and families can learn from this. And, um, you know, I want to help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, can you start off just kind of tell us a little bit about how you got introduced to the game of golf and kind of what your path has been so far? Uh, yeah, so I started golf pretty early. Um, basically, my whole life I've been playing golf, so I don't remember, you know, starting starting out or anything, but um, my first time on the golf course, I think I was about 11 months old, and I've already been playing around the house with, like, plastic clubs and all that, and then uh, my granddad, he played a little bit, and he decided to take me on the course one day, and um, I guess I found it fun because I wanted to go every week after that, so we just kept going and going every week, probably until I was three or four years old. And uh, I didn't really start to hit balls until I was like three or four, but I was just putting around before that. So that's how I started. And then I played for a while uh, until about uh, fourth grade. And then I stopped for a year. Uh, But then I I switched schools and then 
a guy that I met there actually who ended up being a good friend of mine. He played a little bit, and I was like, uh, okay, I guess I'll come with you to the golf course one day. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I guess I just found, you know, love for the game again, and I started practicing a lot. And when I was about, I'd say, 13 years old, I decided, you know, I want to try and get as good as I could at this game. And from there, I've just been practicing all the time, basically. Yeah. Um, when you talk about your granddad introducing you to the game, uh, did you play any other sports as a child? Uh, I did try some other sports, um, but I just didn't find the same passion and love for the other sports as I did with golf. Yeah. What was it about uh, golf? Uh, I guess just, you know, the challenge that you play against yourself and, you know, the course. And it's more about, it, in, in a lot of ways, I feel like golf is a bit like life in general. You know, you, you play yourself and the course and to get good, you just have to worry about yourself and you can't really, I mean, it's just a challenge. Yeah. In general. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I've said a few different times that I think, you know, I've played a lot of different sports and, you know, a lot of people listening, um, you know, played some different sports growing up and, you know, kids are playing multiple sports and I'm a firm believer. I think golf is um, the most, I guess, comparable game to the game of life. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. It's got it's unique challenges and, um, you know, there's a lot of personal responsibility that comes along with the game as well. So I think you can learn a lot of lessons through it for sure. Um, it definitely, builds, definitely builds character. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit more about that. What do you mean? Uh, you know, when I was younger and I was playing golf, you know, if I didn't do too well, I would get mad and you know, upset. And then I guess as you mature, uh, you just learn that, you know, you're going to get bad breaks sometimes. And sometimes it's going to be tougher than others. Sometimes it's going to be great. And I just feel like you grow a lot from that and you become a, like a better person in general just by that experience. And I feel like it prepares you for situations that you'll meet in your real life as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's definitely a lot of lessons that come with the game. I've, uh, I've said a couple different times, it's one of those games where you can, you know, you can hit the ball right down the middle of the fairway and you get up there and you end up in the rough behind a tree or, you know, you can hit one off into the woods and, uh, you get up there and you find your ball in the middle of the fairway. So it's just one of those games where you kind of never know, um, you know, once you hit your shot, uh, it's really out of your control at that point. And then you've got to deal with the consequences and go hit the next one. Yep. Um, well, tell us a little bit more about what was the tournament scene like for you as a junior growing up in Norway? Um, so when I was younger, I would play in smaller, you know, local events and we'd have, like, a bunch of kids just come out, play. It was mostly, you know, for fun. It wasn't really too competitive at the beginning. And then it's kind of like there are different levels, of course, and I it's like that in every country. Yeah. Um, and you kind of build your way up. And then when I was about 15, that's when I started playing in national events and did pretty well uh, in the beginning. And then as you get a bit older and you get to 17 you play in a different age age group where you play 17 to 19 years old so i mean you i really just progressed from you know the smaller local events that were more for fun 
and then it kind of just grew into more competitive tournaments, you know, gradually, naturally. Yeah, and you obviously competed and did well in those. I mean, you earned your spot on the national uh, junior team in Norway. So what is that process like? I know that there's, you know, we've probably got uh, 36 different countries at this point that have tuned into this uh, podcast. And so, you know, the, a lot more than the U.S., the international golf scene um, really revolves a, ro- a lot around at the junior level, um, you know, the national team and representing your country. I feel like that's something that um, a lot of players in the U.S. when they're young don't really get a good grasp of because um, it just doesn't really exist to the degree that it does uh, internationally. So can you talk to us a little bit about that whole process? Yeah, so when you're playing tournaments, they, the national team, they have coaches that usually come to all the events. And they just basically just hang around and they watch all the players in the field, those who are doing well. And then obviously they have players to take care of already who's on the team. And then, I mean, it took me, took me a long time until I got on the national team. I was... Um, I was playing in the national tournaments and I was doing okay. And then I kind of had like a switch of momentum because when I won the uh, Stenson Simpson junior tournament in Sweden. Yeah. And after that, they led me onto the team. And, you know, I'd say a year before that, I was like, oh, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close. And then it just, you know, I had to have that win to get onto, onto the team. So, I mean, as long as you play well, and you work hard, then I think for every junior golfer who wants to be on the national team, I think it's going to come one day as long as you, you know, you stay persistent. And, yeah, just just one day you're going to get a good result and you're going to be on the team. So Yeah. Was that always a goal of yours, was to make the national team? I mean, of course, you know, I've grown up and I've seen the other guys from Norway, like uh, Victor Hovland and Christoph Ventura is in tour right now, and then I have mm-hmm. Some older friends on the European tour, and you know, I've seen them on the national team. So, of course, I really wanted to be on that team, and it was really—I mean, it was really important to me to get there. So. Yeah, yeah. It almost sounds a little bit like um, you know your process of getting to the national team almost sounds similar to the process of um, you know being recruited almost at the university level. Would you say? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think, yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, yeah, basically, like, at college, they recruit players based on their high school results. But right. in junior golf, you know, it's the same process. It's just, yeah, I think it's pretty similar. I yeah. Agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, you just finished up your high school at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Um, I guess if you want to call it finish up, I know that there obviously was a little bit of a, a different year with uh, COVID and everything like that. So you guys, I think went to distance learning model back in like March or something like that. So I guess you did finish up there, but you know, also spent half the year back at home as well. So um, can you talk to us a little bit about the decision to come to the U S to a golf Academy uh, for school and to train for golf? I think that's something that, you know, I've personally gotten some notes from uh, some families and young players around the world, about, you know, what is the whole academy scene like? Um, you know, what does the process look like? And so I've tried to help some of those families uh, just educate them around that process. But can you kind of um, give them a, 
uh, an inside look at what your process was like and kind of the decision that you made that that was something that you wanted to do? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've always, I'd always heard of the IMG Academy and, you know, I always thought like, okay, that would be really cool to go there, but it was kind of like a distant wish, if you could say so. Um, and then I played in uh, the U.S. in Florida at Major Champions Invitational, and I met Annabelle, who we had on the podcast. Yeah. And she went there. And uh, I got to know her a little bit, and she told me about how she got there and stuff, and then I decided, okay, I'm going to email IMG. I thought it would be, you know, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And then uh, I got in contact with Scott Davies, who's, uh, I guess you can call him the boss at IMG. <laughs> um, they were grateful I mean they were nice enough to offer me some financial help to go there because obviously it's very expensive yeah Uh, so I had the opportunity to go and I just couldn't say no because being home in Norway you know it's nice but the climate is not great in the winter and you don't really get to practice all year long right And, and I also thought you know going into college that uh, spending a year at uh, the IMG Academy would be, you know, a nice prep because you stay in the dorms and you do the practice and all of that stuff. Pretty similar to college, I'd say. Yeah. So, yeah, that was definitely a good year for me. I grew a lot with my golf game and as a person, got more independent. So, yeah, yeah it was definitely a good choice. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think so. And, and also, too, with that being said, was your goal as well to uh, – find a spot at a American university to play golf and study? Uh, you think when I was at IMG or? Yeah. I mean, is, was that at all in your thought process of, um, you know, you, you mentioned things like, you know, obviously the climate is a little bit better at IMG in Florida than it is in Norway. Um, you can practice a little bit more. Um, yep. You know, it gives you a little bit of a, um, introduction into, you know, what is this university life going to be like, uh, where I'm living by myself and I've got, you know, a lot more responsibility on myself, those types of things. Um, so was that something that you were looking to try to find was an opportunity for, um, college in the U S well, I, I'm not sure I understand the question. You just, had you already committed to play at Purdue before you went to IMG or you had, okay. I've been committed for two years. Okay. Two years okay. Before I signed, so yeah. okay. But I, but I definitely saw, you know, a lot of my, my classmates and the guys that I practice with at IMG. Yeah. I definitely saw them getting really good offers from schools in general. So when I got there, I was like, wow, like all these guys are getting great offers too. So I think I really think, you know, being at IMG helps with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you know, and I. I used to work at IMG, so I recruited players from all around the world. And uh, I think whether it's IMG or it's, you know, any academy in in the U.S., I think that um, the opportunity to, if you're an international student that has aspirations of, you know, playing in college uh, in the U.S., you know, it can be a good opportunity to come over um, and and get recognized, right? So, I mean, uh, obviously, you were recruited uh, by some of your play, which I imagine was – both here in the U.S. and internationally, what was your recruiting process like? Uh, so uh, there was already a Norwegian at Purdue when I got recruited. Okay. Uh, from my home club, so 
the coach of Purdue basically asked him if there were any, you know, other Norwegian players that, you know, might be interested in going to Purdue. Mm-hmm. And um, that way I got in contact with Coach Bradley at Purdue, and we started talking for a little bit. And then uh, he came over to Europe to watch me play in some tournaments to okay. get a sense of my game and all of that. And then, you know, um, I went for a visit, and I really liked it there. The facilities are great. Coaches are great. All the guys on the team, I love them a lot. So, yeah, I decided to commit right after that, and um, haven't regretted it a second. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck, obviously, when you get started in January. Um, but I think that, that that's a good thing that, you know, some of the international families that are listening and some of the international players, uh, you know, you kind of triggered something for me that might be important for them to understand is there's a lot of international players that are playing college golf in the U.S. And so, um, you know, if you're from a country and you know of some people that are in the U.S. that are playing, do you think it would be a good idea for those uh, folks to connect with some of those players at the universities in the U.S. and maybe just build relationships with them too, so that they can, you know, maybe try to create a situation like you did too, where the coach comes to your friend and says, Hey, do you know anybody else um, that, that we could recruit from your region? Uh, It might make for a little bit of a smoother process or recruiting efforts for those players. Do you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, I think what happened there was, you know, it was really easy for me to, you know, uh, get in contact with a coach and, you know, build a relationship and, you know, and it really helped me as well because he went there and, you know, I got a sense of security from that because sure. I knew that he liked it there. Yeah. So I think, you know, for players too, it's, I think it's nice to help your people at home out, right? So like more people from your country can go to college because yeah. it's not easy. Coaches have a lot on their hands and, you know, it's not easy for them to spot everyone. Right. So if someone at the team can recommend someone and they can get in touch, then, you know, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, let's shift a little bit. Let's start, let's talk a little bit about your uh, practice and playing habits. One of the questions that I get a lot from listeners is, you know, they, they love hearing from uh, young players that have had success and they like to understand uh, you know, kind of what their path has been and how they operate. So, um, you know, I've, I've asked this question a lot with some of the younger players that I've had on about just tell us a little bit about how you split your time up, uh, um, you know, playing in tournaments, practicing, um, practice rounds, those types of things, you know, maybe talk even a little bit about what you're working on while you're practicing. Um, just could you kind of dive into that stuff for us a little bit? Of course. So um, usually, like for practice, I I try to stay, you know, keep the game pretty simple, and I like to work on my fundamentals because as long as those the fun- fundamentals are good, then the the whole game becomes a lot more easy. And then if you have any other things that you're gonna work on, let's say in your golf swing, uh, having the fundamentals down is like, um, I mean, you need to have it down. Otherwise, it's gonna be a lot harder for yourself. Yeah. So that's one of that's like one of my, I guess, key points. And when you say fundamentals, do you mean things like 
alignment, grip, stance, posture, those types of things? Or what do you mean yeah. when you say fundamentals? Yeah, just like your alignment and your grip and your posture, everything that you just said. Okay. In, in the golf swing, yeah. Yep, sure. yep. Okay. And then, you know, obviously I try to play as much as I can to uh, because, you know, everyone can be good on the range and went in practice, but you don't really understand how to play the game unless you spend a lot of time in the course. So most of my, I'd say I do practice, but most of my time in the golf course is going to be playing. Just so I can, yeah. you know, yeah, I love- get more experience and, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that topic and I couldn't agree with you more. I think that, um, at least in my experience, I've seen some players that are really good ball strikers, um, that struggle to play the game of golf. And that seems kind of weird to hear that maybe for some of the listeners, because it's like, well, if they're a good ball striker, how could they struggle playing the game of golf? Um, sometimes people forget that golf is a game about putting the ball in the hole. And so you're not going to hit every shot perfectly. Um, it's a game where you've got to adapt, uh, to the elements, you've got to adapt to the conditions, uh, you've got to adapt to your bad shots and those types of things. So I love the fact that um, you spend a lot of time playing because I think that that is a huge uh, piece of the game. It is, it's the game um, and definitely need to have the fundamentals and those uh, things shored up. But at the same time, uh, being out there on the course playing and actually figuring out how to get the ball in the hole is super beneficial. So when you're out there and you're playing – um, are you always playing for score or are you ever out there where you're just maybe trying to hit some different shots to test yourself? Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, so if I play, if I just play in practice, I usually try to like give myself a task to complete. So let's say I, I play a tournament and then, okay, my driving wasn't too great. So today I'm going to you know, try and hit better drives. I'm just going to work on the driver. And then, okay, my putting wasn't too great. Okay, I'm just going to hit a few putts around. I'm not just going to play for score every time. Because, you know, if you're not playing well, if you just play for scores, you can get a bit upset and frustrated. So, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, when I'm on the course at home, I just try to work on the stuff that I would work on in practice. But at the same time, I get, you know, the benefit of playing on the actual golf course. Yeah. And then leading up to like tournaments and stuff like that, does your routine change at all? Or do you kind of take a look at how you're doing or where the game is at and then focus on some specific things leading up to a tournament or what does your tournament prep look like? Uh, Most of it is going to stay the same, but I try to do more competitive like practice. So if I do putting, I just, I want something that puts pressure on me in practice. So when I mm-hmm. get to the tournament, I can be prepared for that because sometimes, especially this year, where it hasn't been too much tournament golf, you know, it's going to be, you're probably going to be a bit more nervous when you step on the tee because it's been a, been a while since you played in a tournament. And, you know, if you do practice where you put yourself in, you know, tough spots and put pressure on yourself, uh, you're going to be a lot more prepared for that. Yeah, I agree. Can you tell us a little bit more about um... – how you actually do that? Like what are some of the specific things that you do in your practice to try to put pressure on yourself? Um, I like to set up like drills where I have like a target I have to hit. And if I don't hit that target, I got to start all over. So when Mm. you get to that last shot or last putt and you have to make it, you know, that situation feels quite similar to when you play in a tournament. And then also let's say I'm playing, 
playing on the course with my friends. You know, we try to play for something. So it's a little bit more yep. tournament-like, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, I was given an example. <clears throat> this was probably, oh gosh, it's probably been about six months ago, maybe. I had um, the director of player development from the University of Illinois football team, Coach Jake Zwig, on. And I was telling him about this putting drill that I was doing with a ruler, you know, to start the ball online. And um, I was just describing him that, you know, I'd set a goal and I wasn't allowed to move on till the next thing um, until I hit that goal. I think it was, I was making 25 in a row, I think is what I had said as the goal, but he termed that as he calls it persistent practice, which I think is exactly what you're describing, which is, um, you know, focusing on, you know, setting that goal and, you know, repeatedly going through that practice to, uh, you know, improve that piece of your game and making it measurable and, you know, setting a standard for yourself, um, you know, whether it's a, a time frame that you have to stay within or, you know, you want to hit a specific goal um, so that you can move on to the next drill. But, yeah, I think it's super important to do that kind of stuff. Is there anything else that you do outside of those things? Uh, that's I mean, obviously, I'm going to keep working on my fundamentals, but other than that, yeah. that's just what I'm going to do if I'm heading into the tournament. Okay, okay. Um, talk to us a little bit about playing in a tournament. I know you're talk, you, you, were, you were mentioning, you know, not a lot of competition this year and uh, just trying to figure out, you know, how to simulate pressure for yourself. Uh, when you're out there in a tournament situation, obviously – some of that pressure falls back off of you if you have done what you said and you've prepared and you've put yourself in pressure situations. But inevitably, when you're out there in tournaments, pressure is going to come up. What are some of the things that you do uh, during your rounds out there in tournament play that kind of keep you focused and keep you centered throughout your round? I think it's uh, very important to control your breath. I'd say that's the first thing. Uh, you okay. Know, it's something that a lot of people may brush off or overlook, but I think it's a lot more important than a lot, what a lot of people think. And yeah. uh, one of the big things is just stay in the present, because if you think, keep thinking about, oh, I made that mistake on number three, or, oh, I'm five under par, and if I just make par, then I'll watch your five under, right? If, yeah. If you keep thinking of those things, you're never going to be able to do your best when, when you have the next shot, because your mind's just going to be wandering all over the place instead of focusing on the task at hand. So yeah. that's probably the biggest thing for me. Yeah. And those things are tough. Like I, I personally, I mean, the breathing is just, uh, that's something you just have to be conscious of. I wouldn't say it's necessarily difficult, yeah. but the difficult part of it is just being consciously aware and having the discipline to, um, you know, actually put that into practice while you're out there. So with the breathing specifically, I mean, what are you focused on doing? Are you doing any like breath training outside of playing in an event just so you can be prepared? Or is it just in the moment in a tournament? Like what, how are you focusing on your breathing? I mean, I try to get some meditation in once in a while. Um, usually before tournaments at least. And then just keep it basic. Just keep it slow through your nose and out through your mouth. So yep. yeah, it's pretty simple, but it's something that you got to, you know, focus on because you can easily forget it yeah for sure for sure yeah and i think um you bring up meditation a lot of meditation routines are centered around breathing at least and i do some myself so 
I know that almost at the beginning of every session is, you know, just breath awareness and being, you know, able to, um, you know, just be conscious of your breath and those types of things. And just teaching yourself how to breathe uh, can definitely relieve some of that pressure for sure. Um, Talk about staying in the present. And that's a really tough thing to do, especially, well, I guess on either side of it, if you're playing really well, it's tough to do because kind of like you said, um, you know, you can sort of look at the end uh, in sight and say, hey, if I've been birdie the next three holes, you know, I can shoot a really good number here. Uh, But that can also kind of throw you off your game a little bit. And then on the flip side of that, if you're playing really poorly, uh, you know, you can get down on yourself and you can you know, keep thinking about what you've already done, which is really over. You can't even impact that anymore. Or then maybe you start trying too hard to make up for some of those lost shots. So what are some of those things that you do to stay in the present? Uh, Usually, you know, between shots, you you have a lot of time. And, you know, it's, to be be honest, you know, it's going to come up for everyone. There's going to be thoughts of, you know, the past few holes or what's coming up. Yep. So, you know, I just want to make that clear. So, you know, nobody thinks that everyone, someone can just stay in the present the whole time. But sure. when, I, when I come to my shot, you know, you have your audience book and stuff in tournaments. And, you know, I just really try to focus on, okay, what am I going to do with this shot? So, you know, what way do I want to hit it? Do I want to hit a fade or a draw, low, high? Where's the pin? Um, you know, all that stuff. How's the wind? And that just keeps me in the moment because then you have a task to do. And... If you don't, you really have to focus to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, you make a good point. It's, you know, we can pay attention as pay attention to it as much as we want and really try to give it a lot of focus, but it's just a really difficult thing to do. So I think the more that we're just aware of, you know, the current shot, you know, trying to focus on that shot that we have at the moment, you know, it's okay to have a reaction to a bad shot. It's okay to have a reaction to a good shot. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got to focus on the shot that you've got to hit next. And so, um, you know, it can be a tough thing to do, but if you can do it and if you can learn to do it, you know, it just takes practice, right? So yeah. the more that you can practice that, the more you're in a pressure situation in a tournament, you're going to be able to execute it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's talk about some of your favorite golf memories. I know that you've had some good experiences. Uh, I believe you guys were team champions, I think national team champions three years in a row. Is that right? Uh, four years now, actually. Was it four years? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, talk to us about you know, some of your favorite tournaments that you competed in, either at the team level on the national team or individually. Just What are some of those best experiences for you? Uh, for me, I'd probably say um, the Portuguese M this year and then okay. the uh, Paris Trophy last year. Those are my two best tournaments. And, you know, obviously that's good memories for me and good motivation for the future. And obviously, yeah. it's good to see that, you know, I have it in me to shoot low scores and, you know, do well in bigger tournaments. Yeah, the, the Portuguese, uh, you took a top 10 there, right? Yeah. What was that tournament like? Um, obviously, some really stiff competition, but uh, what kind of, I guess, what led you to uh, having such a nice finish there? I mean, in both cases, I think, because when I went to Portugal, I flew first from Florida to Arizona because I had a fitting in, uh, at Ping in Arizona, and then I went straight from there 
and I had a really long trip to Portugal. And then mm-hmm. I came in, you know, wasn't really expecting too much of myself because, you know, it's been a long travel. And I haven't been playing too great uh, the weeks leading up to the tournament. And then when I got there, it wasn't too great in the practice round either. So I just kind of had low expectations of myself and I just went out there and I was, you know, I was just relaxed because I didn't put too much pressure on myself. You know, it's easy if you if you have a good, you know, period to start putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And I think I just play the best when I can relax and don't have to, and I don't worry too much about how I'm going to perform. And yeah, both in Portugal and in England, I had you know situations where the game wasn't feeling too great, and there, and I just went out there and I just played and. It, that's the times that it worked out the best. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's, uh, I think sometimes you can get caught up in putting too much pressure on yourself. So with that being said, when you're going into a tournament or into a specific round in competition, what kinds of goals are you setting? I mean, is it a, I got to hit this number. Is it, you know, process goals? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, Cause I think it might be, something pretty important just based on, you know, kind of how you described uh, your feeling with those events. Yep. Um, for me personally, I don't like to set too, too many goals for myself. Um, I've done that in the past. And I guess I've learned from the experience where experiences where I've been like, okay, I want to shoot this number and that just hasn't worked for me. So what I'm just doing these days, I'm just focusing on what I'm doing in my swing and then, I keep it very simple. I just say, take one shot at a time and try it out front, and that's it. Yeah. Well, that's pretty simple for sure. Um, what other kinds of advice do you have for some of those young players that are out there playing in competition, or what what kind of advice would you give to maybe parents that are just trying to help and coach their kids along um, in, in playing competitive golf? I'd say, you know, keep it fun. Obviously, it's it's important to both probably the parents and the player and uh, you know but it's just a game in the end and even though you might have a rough day or you have a great day it's, it's still the same and uh, especially for parents just don't put too much pressure on your kids just let them go out and be themselves yep yeah I like that um, well I really appreciate you doing this with me. I want to kind of move towards wrapping up, but um, any other advice that you would share for any of the the listeners that are out there? I guess just work hard and uh, believe in yourself. There you go. Um, Well, something I do at the end of the show, and I know you've listened to to a few episodes, but uh, I like to pass the mic back to the guest uh, to fire a question or two back at me. Um, And it can be, you know, obviously, golf related. It can be about me personally, uh, junior golf, you know, anything you want, really anything that sparked your, uh, attention while we were discussing today. Okay. Just give me a little minute and I'll, I'll shoot some questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll ask about your favorite, favorite memory on the golf course, actually. My favorite memory on the golf course. Um, I had an opportunity when I graduated college to play Augusta National with my dad. Oh, and um, so that's by far uh, my, my favorite golf memory. 
not my favorite scoring memory. Um, I shot 86 <laughs> at Augusta, but um, yeah, I don't really care about that. It was uh, my dad and I had a really good uh, weekend together. <clears throat> we flew in or no, we drove in actually. And uh, we got to stay on site at Augusta in the Firestone cabin on number 10. That's awesome. And um, yeah, it was just really cool. We got to have, um, you know, dinner there that the night before and, we went up to the crow's nest for all the amateur and, um, you know, got to check that out and heard a couple stories up there from the member that we were with. And we got to check out the champions locker room. And, uh, and the next morning we, uh, practiced and played the part three and then we went out and played the big course. So it was just, um, yeah, overall by far the, the best golf experience, uh, that I've ever had for sure. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) what's that? Hopefully I'll go go someday as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I hope you do. It's, uh, it's definitely a special place. So, um, anything else you got for me? Uh, not really. Okay. All right. Well, Herman, I appreciate you doing this, man. I think, uh, you know, just people hearing your story and kind of the way that you've approached stuff in your game, obviously you've had some good success and, uh, you know, I know you're looking forward to, you know, coming back over to the U S and, you know, getting settled in at Purdue in January. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck. And, you know, if there's anything that we can ever do for you, uh, by all means, feel free to let me know. Thank you very much, Matt. It was nice to be on. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Thanks bud. Take care. Yeah, you too. Well, that wraps up episode 51 this week with our guest, Herman Sekney, who's headed to play golf at Purdue University in January. Uh, Herman, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you listeners for tuning in for this week's episode. Uh, I know you took away some value from this episode, so if you did, uh, please share it. Please leave a review. Also, make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests that we've got coming up. And I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.